Alrighty, welcome, Shayla Galette. How's it going? Me. I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, excited. so I brought her in today because well, we've been friends for a long time, mm-hmm. and just through our journey, I've personally seen Shayla obviously grow and change and become you know this amazing person. Um, but more than that, I've noticed her as a, as a health coach, um, which she's going to get into, just transitioning from different. Um, different health regimens and diets and workout plans and all these things. And so that's why I titled this podcast from vegan to carnivore, because it's probably the most, mo- one of the most interesting controversial things that she has done in her life probably. Um, and so, but before we get into that, I'd like to just get from your perspective, your, your, a little bit of back your background and your life. So share with the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So I've, um, born and raised, you know, in San Antonio, Texas, and um, I've known Dylan for quite some time, and he's seen me transition through a lot of lifestyle adjustments, but what really led me into that rabbit hole was uh, my childhood. My parents got divorced when I was really young, and um, I didn't know how that was going to affect me, but it affected my health, unfortunately. Um, How so? so? So, you know, I grew up on what I like to call Frankenfood. You know, fake food. Mm. Everything that I ate came out of a box, frozen. I microwaved my food, um, ate sugary cereal. You know, vegetables and home-cooked meals weren't as popular anymore because my parents were separated. So, you know, they were working all the time. I had to learn how to do things on my own. And um, my health suffered. I started experiencing these chronic migraines at the age of like six You know, it's in kindergarten, and I just remember experiencing these intense migraines to the point where it was making me throw up all the time. Wow. It was really intense. Um, The doctors thought I had a brain tumor, Um, so they took me to the neurologist, and they gave me, you know, prescription pills. You know, no one really asked me, what am I eating? What's my lifestyle like? What is it like at home? And, you know, they're not specialized in nutrition. They're, They're treating the symptoms. So most of my elementary experience was um, having the symptom of migraines. And then once they took care of that through the medications I was taking, middle school, it progressed into other symptoms like anxiety and depression. And I had really chronic acne. Um, what prescription meds were you? did you stay on? Do you remember the names of them? I don't remember the names. Um, I definitely think that I associated my symptoms with with a name like I attach myself as this medicine's gonna help me and I, re- I put all my trust into the medication so I never really questioned it mm. I was just kind of blindly taking things just those I, orange capsules like yeah yeah, yeah. and um, I just you know my mom didn't know anything either we always turned to allopathic medicine so I trusted the doctors because my my parents trusted the doctors so I didn't question anything it wasn't until uh, high school that I still had anxiety, still had depression, had really severe acne, um, and I just wasn't living my best self. I was, I've always struggled with weight up and down. I was what you call skinny fat, um, <laughs> didn't play sports, was not into health and nutrition at all. You know, I used to go to Starbucks every weekend and get like those giant frappuccinos, extra whipped cream. Hey, if you still do that, you know, we love you yeah. right, right where you are. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, those foods didn't serve my body. Um, but I'm grateful because I am who I am today because of my health issues. Well, and what were you diagnosed with? Do you, do you know, kind of like going along? Were you lactose intolerant at some point or did they, did they put labels on you? Like Not at all. So, you know, I went to the, der- the dermatologist for my skin 
and she would just give me topical, you know, medications, lotions, whatever, to heal my symptoms. Um, at 13 years old, she recommended birth control to heal my, my acne. Um, but no one ever asked me about any food allergies, nothing, or even, you know, uh, wanted to suggest a nutritionist or a dietitian mm. in any of that realm. So I didn't even know that I was experiencing food allergies. You know, I'd eat cheese and I'd get bloated and gassy. And uh, I didn't even know back then that that's lactose intolerant. Um, so moving forward, I kind of had to look into things in myself. One day I just kind of, I guess, the red pill moment we would call is, mm-hmm. you know, I got out of a toxic relationship and I realized I'm not happy. You know, I How old were you at the time? I was 18 years old. Okay. Yeah, and I was in a toxic relationship for two and a half years. Um, and all that emotional stress, I think, also manifested in, in other physical ways, the anxiety and the depression, low self-esteem. Mm. So I came out of that relationship almost kind of like what I like to say, like the revenge body because... Typically, what were you doing at that time? So that time I was. When you got your revenge body, were you? Yeah. Were you working out or? So that's when I first got my personal trainer. Yeah. At Gold's Gym, and um, I went through a transformation, fall transformation. It was like a competition, my first competition, that really dove me in into like the fitness realm. So I started working out, started you know eating cleaner. Um, but still kind of part of that standard American diet if it fits your macros, um, which some people that works, but for my body, it just wasn't it. Um, and that was about the time that I met Dylan and your brother, and everything kind of started coming together in terms of health, nutrition. I got introduced to naturopathic doctors like Dr. Wallach, um, Longevity, and the amazing products that they offered. Um and before then, I had never even taken a multivitamin or any vitamins. So when you guys introduced me to that, I was like, holy moly. Right. This is a whole nother way of healing mm-hmm. that has no side effects and that actually promotes longevity and healing the the actual cause of the symptoms. Just healing from within. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to talk more about that as well. But continue your, your story. So you started that transition a little bit. And yeah. just So um, I got into um, weightlifting. You know, and then that led into bikini bodybuilding. And it was such a big deal. I, I mean, it's still a big deal. It's very popular nowadays. Um, and I thought that being fit meant being healthy. And I saw these competitors, these beautiful bodies, the bikini competitors, and they're super fit. They're really confident. They're structured. They're on point with their health, right? And I went into that with... You know, I'm on, I'm an all in north nothing person, so I gave up my school. I you know totally neglected my grades. I don't recommend that, but I had such a drive to get that body because I thought that that body would equal health, would equal confidence, would equal love and acceptance. I mean, a 180 world. degree turn from what you've experienced your whole exactly. life. Exactly. Yeah, okay. it meant being having more friends. It meant. So many more, so much more than just the physicality. It's I thought it was gonna be more fulfilling. So I went all in. I competed, and you know I still had this like lack, this this um, this void within me that just did not feel fulfilled. You know, you prep for three to four months and you put all your time and effort into it. I'd literally schedule things around my workout <laughs> because I was so 
um, caught up in I have to get my workout and I'd spend at the gym like two to two and a half hours. It's funny because just just in a brief pause, it's kind of like right now we're probably talking to an audience that has experienced either they're on that they're on that wavelength right now where they're totally. all they're they they're working out because of exactly what you just said and it's it's just and and even though a lot of these people want to say it's not for the image or it's not for all these things at the end of the day they're prioritizing their workouts over literally everything else right. which is which is again very very you know and i would say better than the other side of the coin which is somebody who's not working out at all doesn't value their health Definitely. not conscious at all whatsoever about what they're eating or what they're consuming or what their body even is gonna not not what they're experiencing not just now but in the future so you got two different worlds and it sounds like you you've experienced what it sounds like both right um and then and then what brings you almost like today which is kind of like a healthy balance but but continue you were saying yeah you know, just the the, co- the competitions and bikini bodybuilding i mean it's a thing it it's is. massive um a lot of people do it a lot of people i see on instagram um they're not even just bi- bikini building or bikini bodybuilding or bikini yeah. shows um, as much anymore, um, but there's still a huge amount of people doing that, and so yeah, so she's sure. actually gone through that entire process mm-hmm. twice. Well, yeah. the second time I didn't follow through. I chose my career. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she was so she was leading up to that second time, but yeah, you know, you've been on stage in yeah. front of you know hundreds of people. I don't know if it's a thousand or so more, and yeah. you did the whole the flex, the walk, the whole <laughs> the flex, thing. The walk, definitely. Yeah, and it was a great moment. But, you know, you're up there on stage for, like, 10 seconds doing a routine. Mm. And you prep for four months. And you just you put all of your focus and attention and energy into that for 10 to 15 seconds on stage. And not only that, but the water, the lack of water and the lack of carbs and stuff leading into that event. Explain, yeah. like, what, how, what that's like, why it's so bad for you, and then just, you know, why they even do it in the first place. Yeah, so, you know... I would say even now today, you know, you're told six meals a day is going to speed up your metabolism. That's the best. That's the best, most efficient way to lose weight, gain muscle, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, it's actually not. And that's what I like to call bro science. There's some truth to bro science, and then there's some not so truth. What's bro science? You know, like 30 minutes after your workout, drink your protein or, you know, definitely – there's, they have like that bulk and then the lean and the bulk and they're just up and down in their weight and the cutting and, you know, bulking. So that's what I like to call bro science because, yeah, there's some truth into how much protein you should have in order to gain muscle, but it's going to be subjective to the individual. Mm. And so it takes a lot of experimenting, trial and error, until you really figure out what's going to work out for you. So it's not a one-size-fits-all okay. in terms of that. So with the water and the situation with the carb reduction? So, you know, eating six meals a day, I was at a caloric deficit, starving my body, you know, and then a week prior, what's called peak week, you pretty much are, you're eating low fat and low carbs, um, no salt, because you want to deplete your body, because you want your skin to be tight, so when you're on stage, you can see the definition in your muscles and the flexion, um, you know, and they're not taking quality multivitamins. They're not carried. They're not worried about the quality of their food, um, and that's what I what I found myself doing. Is just it was literally macros, 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 macros. It didn't. It does matter to a point where it comes from, but you know, people after they compete, there's donuts in the background and Oreos. Like, you know, they deprive their body from sugar and all this artificial stuff for months, and then they finally let themselves release into this binge, and it's almost like this unhealthy relationship to food you don't know how to um 
just intuitively eat and have self-control. And that's what it really turned into for me is like, I developed a binge eating disorder afterwards. And a lot, a lot of people talk about that in the competition world is you get body dysmorphia. Um, Nothing is ever good enough for you because you're always critiquing your body. Judges are looking at you. And then your relationship with food gets uh, distorted. Okay. And then at that time you weren't a vegan though. I was not. Okay. So then, yeah. So then you were talking about, cause you, you, you have been somebody and I almost jokingly say this, but it's the the food you've been obsessed with your food and your diet for (laughs) forever since I've known you. So, um, um, what led you to, you know, after the bodybuilding and, and there's probably a lot of different changes that happened, but what led you to become a vegan just finally? And, and you know, you, that's what you thought was best for you. So I would say um, a lot of series of events kind of like led into that. I was still struggling with my health. I I was my leanest. I was like 95 pounds. I'm 5'1". And I was 95 pounds. I was super thin. Um, and I felt horrible. I literally felt like I was close to death. I felt depleted. I felt deprived of nutrients. Um, I was not happy in, in my life still. I just left, you know, got out of school and... I didn't have any friends, <laughs> you know, I didn't have any friends because right. I dedicated my entire life to school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I, right about that time, you know, me and you were working together as business partners and um, I was sharing the message of longevity and really diving into entrepreneurship, being your own boss and just egos kind of started shedding of the, the matrix of you have to have a job to be successful. And um, that's when I really dove deep with Dr. Wallach. Mm -hmm. And he inspired me to share more of the truth about health and wellness, what's going on in the medical industry and, and, you know, um, the food industry and how they're making people sick. So I started off by educating myself around documentaries and I stumbled across Cowspiracy, which is my first vegan documentary. All the vegans out there, yeah, know exactly what we're talking about. Cowspiracy. Where did you, where did you find the Cowspiracy, by the way? What was it on Netflix? Netflix, yeah. Is it on any Netflix anymore? I think so. It okay. should be, yeah. Um, and what I really liked about that one is I've always been into environment. You know, I'm a tree hugger at heart. I, I totally. love. Totally. <laughs> Total environmentalist, yes. Yeah. I, you know, I'm all about Mother Earth and the animals um, and just being sustainable and conscious about products. And, you know, I'd kind of joked around before about veganism and it's like, oh, it's for the animals. But, you know, like I didn't think much of it. But until I saw the environmental impact and the, you know, what we're doing behind scenes to these animals absolutely just enraged me. And it made me so mad that I was being fooled and lied to. Um, I immediately made that switch and I just was like, all right, no more meat over one night. And I wanted to do bodybuilding again, and I was I'm, I was on a mission to do bodybuilding but being vegan because I wanted to prove that you could be successful as an athlete being vegan without meat and all that. I see a lot of Instagram handles out there that are vegan bodybuilder. Yeah, that's in their bio and everything. Yeah, we talk about that journey and and how what you know again just and then what led you to be not a vegan anymore and all that. So. So I watched that movie and, you know, I was, I was working and I just went into it like 100%. Of course, I knew nothing about veganism. My, my main reason was environmental and animal rights. And then the health benefits kind of just followed, which I thought was really cool. Uh, so I started eating soy like 
like normal, like a bodybuilder. Um, right. I didn't know what to replace my meat with at the time. So I was eating those, you know, soy burgers and tempeh, which is fermented soy. Um, and then, you know, I introduced beans. I started introducing a lot of fiber. And at first, you feel great because I was pretty much essentially on a standard American diet, if it fits your macros. Mm-hmm. And that can include anything. So I felt great. I felt lighter. I felt um, more satisfied with my meals. Um, but my macros, I was kind of iffy about that. It was just kind of adding up a little bit weird. I kind of started to gain weight, um, retaining a lot of water, and I started getting a lot of acne. So my mental clarity was good, but a physical symptoms started to arise. Like my anxiety and depression went away, but my acne uh, came back, but worse. And I was like, man, what the heck? What's going on? Mm. What am I doing wrong? I'm vegan. I don't. But that know was how long? So that was about the first four months I was vegan. Yeah. And then I started educating myself around uh, soy. And, um, you know, a lot of vegan packaged foods, you mm-hmm. know, I couldn't, I couldn't eat that. So I turned more towards just a whole food, raw stuff. And so you I, were a raw, raw vegan at one point. I was. I was raw vegan for four months. And I started up with a with another company, and I was taking their detox. That's how I started getting into more juices and detoxing and things like that. Um, and I went raw vegan, and that's how I realized, like, okay, peanut butter is not the best, especially PB2, the powdered kind. I, that used to be, like, my go-to. Mm. You know, especially as a bodybuilder, you wanted convenience things. You wanted things that were easy, on the go, um, and that tasted good. So PB2 was a, you know, a big staple in my, my diet and soy. So I cut those out. My skin definitely got better. Um, but So you cut out soy. Talk, talk about soy for a second because, again, there are some vegans out here that are still eating soy or they eat whatever, you know, those packaged, you know, frozen yeah. What are they called? Frankenfoods. Well, <laughs> like well no, no. I mean, uh, there's a specific company that we're forgetting about here. Oh, um, Beyond Meat. Beyond Meat. I was going to say Not Meat or something like that. But okay, yeah. Yeah. So they didn't have all the cool stuff back then mm-hmm. that Beyond Meat has now. Um, man, soy is one of the most genetically modified um, foods out there. Mm-hmm. It's very high in, in, in terms of like that crop. And it's sprayed heavily with herbicides, pesticides, and glyphosate. Glyphosate is um, very toxic. It's cancer-causing. Exactly. Yeah, causes cancer. Yeah, and other, you know, um, disabilities in the body or dis-ease. Mm. You know, it messes up women's hormones. Um, and so soy, it's really hard to find quality soy. Like, if you want good quality soy, you have to get it shipped out of the country where the country doesn't allow GMOs and some of the chemicals that the U.S. does. So there is quality soy, and I'm not saying soy is, you know, absolute 110% toxic but the one that Americans are getting or the countries that allow GMOs you best believe that you're going to get glyphosate in your soy well and just just on soy too is um I've even even heard even good soy isn't the best as it causes estrogen mimickers there's things in there that are are causing even people that men well women being more feminine is okay but men being feminine um it's it's it's, can uh, estrogen is the female hormone um, right. whereas testosterone is the male hormone so there's mimickers in there and soy so there's there's more problems to soy than just and she's being nice about soy <laughs> yeah. i personally think soy is like 
an attack on humanity. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's worse, and, and I'm, I think you do too, but for the vegans out there who just really need to know about soy, I just thought that that would be at least reasonable to talk about because... Definitely. And how do they avoid... I mean, being vegan is becomes really difficult when you can't eat soy. It... It did, especially as a bodybuilder. I didn't know where to derive my protein sources from unless it was all pea protein in a, in a container that's powder. Um, beans and lentils and things like that. But, um, you know, there's also a lot of anti-nutrients. And that was something that I've, um, you know, in the last year and a half have really been diving into is, you know, people talk about how healthy fruits and vegetables are, but there's a whole other side that people don't even know. And that's, you know, lectins, phytates, oxalates, you know, these anti-nutrients that affect the body and can deplete you from nutrients. Um, You know, people tend to feel good going vegan because it's a very spiritual thing, you know, eating primarily plants, stepping away from the standard American diet and, you know, reconnecting with Mother Earth. That's that's something that's very spiritual. So you probably feel lighter, more euphoric, better clarity. Um, But... At a, at eventually long term long term depending on your individuality and your genetics you know it may not be sustainable for you and i found that to be true for me so um mm. you know with soy it, it's you know it's kind of debatable because you know some of the asian cultures eat soy you know but they're not experiencing some of the deficiencies that we are so it could be the quality it could be the amount you know it's mm-hmm. subjective to the person um and so with that being said you know like beans and legumes you know uh, lentils they contain these anti-nutrients called lectins and they could be great sources of calories but nowadays we're not preparing our food the way that our ancestors did we're not sprouting and soaking and fermenting our food killing off those anti-nutrients so that we can um, actually absorb the nutrients that's in that food so i found myself to be bloated Um, i had horrible gut issues i was always gassy I was going to the restroom like four times a day, you know, and I thought that that was good. You know, I thought being more regular. Like fiber, they tell you you got your high, better yeah. your fiber and everything, yeah. You know, fiber is great for you. It's going to fill you up, going to help you lose weight, um, you know, but too much fiber, guys, like it's not good, you know, they, they have opposite effects in your digestive system. Mm-hmm. So I went through the second round of, you know, trying to compete and, you know, just took over my life again and... I, my anxiety got worse, my, you know, got depression, and I just felt really tired all the time. I felt tired, um, I had no sex drive, I had lost my menstrual cycle, um, I, things were just not feeling good, they're not feeling right. So I quit competing, and really just honed in on my career, on my friends, my spirituality, and just more of my internal health versus focusing on the physical Mm -hmm. um at this time i was still having some skin issues i would get rashes and hives after eating certain things but But when you stopped bodybuilding you know how did your diet change because again i mean some of the times i would talk to you it's like i've eliminated this i've added this (laughs) and so it's like almost every time and again this is and i say these things because i want people to know that especially who are out there like vegan and everything um or who are also have a, a food disorder or food obsession, like yeah. you know that this woman right here is somebody who again we're gonna get to the carnivore part, but it's like 
for that for you to go where you were it's not like you were just dabbling in things or that you quote unquote didn't do veganism right yeah. that's <laughs> so like the biggest of... argument that i get is like oh you probably didn't do it right i'm like mm, yeah i really tried. it's so funny because anybody who would bring that up to her it's insane because she is so obsessed probably more than anyone else about her diet it's not about yeah. being vegan or being this it's just like she was obsessed with her food she was yeah. obsessed with her sourcing, her the environment part, everything went into what she ate. And so, you know, I would, I would even call it a, a, a huge issue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, for someone to be as obsessed as she was to experience those symptoms and those side effects of being vegan and, you know, all this stuff, uh, and then just to where you are now, it's just it's just amazing. So anyway, right. you, you stopped bodybuilding, but you know, what were, what about your diet changed after that? Because, I mean, I'm sure things changed. Did you eliminate soy after that or were you already? I eliminated the soy. I eliminated most processed foods. Um, I did the raw vegan for, ten, uh, for four months. And that was easier because I did it in the summer. So, you know, more fruits were in season. They tasted good. Um, I felt light. I felt like really high energy. But then... When... Well, just something right there. You just mentioned it. It's just how... Not all fruits and vegetables are in season. Yeah. And so when you get certain things and you know the season isn't right for them, number one, they either came from a different country, you know, which is better or whatever, um, or they are GMO because there's no way for them to grow out of season. For sure. And so, again, it's just little things that Shayla has thought about and considered yeah. you know, to even get to that point, to even know that stuff. I mean, but a go ahead. Of, so, yeah. A lot of steps in between um, – in my journey of learning and being a personal trainer and teaching about nutrition, it's like I associated myself with veganism so much for the spiritual aspect of it because it's almost like you get the superiority of like, oh, I'm vegan, I'm helping the world, I'm more conscious, I'm more aware, I'm, you know, I'm better, really I'm better, I'm here. better. And it's because of this, you know, as we're talking about this, I was vegan for you know, like two, two and a half years, different variations of veganism I experienced, but I was really trying to focus on staying plant-based because I thought that this was the way, this was the answer. This is the truth. Everybody needs to be like this. And I didn't understand how people could not see this. And so I was on a mission to, you know, put that else on, on put that on everybody else, on my clients, on my friends. And it's just, you know, once it's not that truth for you anymore, it's kind of like an ego death that you kind of have to like reel yourself back in and, you know, be a little bit humble and be like, you know what, this diet didn't work for me, even though I, <laughs> you know, blabbled about it. for. It was one of my favorite days ever <laughs> in our friendship um, because what she's saying is so real. Not only did you push it on your clients you know, who are obviously listening to you, yeah. again, she's a personal trainer now, I would say more health coach and personal trainer. Um, yeah. But so she's been through the ringer with the fitness industry. She's she's trained. She's seen great results with her clients. So there's a whole other thing. But just from that angle of her always pushing veganism, I couldn't go out to eat with Shayla. And we would avoid going out to eat with Shayla because <laughs> it's, it, it wasn't as bad as – but I'm just saying like she would look at the menu or she would look at you. But like are you going to order? Like what are you going to order? Like it just was real like, oh, well, I'm going to eat eggs today. Like, yeah. And, and she was just so like 
just she didn't want to come off that way because she's a nice person but yes she was very intense intense about about it and so again she was a true vegan warrior so for anybody out there who thinks like oh she's just fake or whatever (laughs) like because i see a lot of vegans already just just hating and and all this stuff and um, just on other people who've left the vegan community, it, it's a community. It's so weird it that is. a diet would become a community. But um, but the point is that it's it just like you you were so religious. I would say religious yeah, or it becomes um, a religion. zealot. You yeah. know, a zealous about you know being vegan and and it's not about you only. Now it's mm. a mission for you to force it on other people. And they don't want to say force because they're graceful little angels, every single one of them. But yeah. it is forcing. I mean, it's like, it's in every way, shape, and form. It's discrimination for people who eat meat. It's it's all yeah. that stuff. It's it's everything you don't want. It's it's almost similar to this the racism thing we see like, oh, well, white people are now so bad. But all of a sudden it's like, well, what? If, that doesn't make any sense. It's anti what, what Martin Luther King talked about. And so right. that same thing with diets and all that. It's so, anyway, so I just wanted to go off and make sure that people understand <laughs> the true essence of, you know, you and how you really were. And like you said, your intensity. Totally. I was even like vegan. It's like V-E-G-G with two Gs. It's like vegan who eat egg whites. Um, but you're still primarily. So was, it, was that part of your transition out of veganism? That was like when I found out I was allergic to soy and some other products. Not only soy is bad, generally, mm-hmm. but you were also allergic. Uh, yeah, I'm allergic and I'm allergic to gluten. Or oh, I'd say sensitive. That's what the proper word is. I'm sensitive to gluten, so that pretty much eliminated a lot. I'm also allergic to coconut, and I am allergic to peanuts. So. That's a vegan's nightmare. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, there you go. So, But I wouldn't have learned that about myself if I didn't change my diet, if I didn't go off into and experience my curiosities to try and better my health. So there was a lot of negative things but a lot of good things came out of veganism you know what I mean it made me more conscious and aware of where I was putting my money because your money is your vote you know that is you allowing a company to you know either produce really good products or produce uh really crappy products get away with whatever they already exactly so it made me more conscious and aware of um where I source my hair products you know women take in a lot of toxicity with our nails our hair our makeup things like that and so I don't want my products to be tested on animals. So now I buy all vegan products, all vegan, um, you know, clothes or if there's, yeah, vegan clothes because no leather. Um, so it made me a lot a lot more conscious in other areas in my life. True. And I think that that's what veganism's true mission is. Yeah, because we're not saying that um, there's no problems whatsoever in the agriculture industry or the animal industry. Right. You know, that's not true. It's, it's but it, it, the, the really the answer is it's, if you're doing veganism um, for the animals, then you're you're on a valiant mission. But just know that your health will suffer. Yeah. Um, if you're doing veganism for your health because you think that it's the healthy, cool thing to do, you're just in a long-term situation. You're just wrong. Is it good to get off processed foods? Yeah. Is it good to get off of some meats and and all processed meats and all that stuff? Yes. Initially, you're going to see good results, totally. but long-term, it's not the right thing for your health, right? We're going to get to what's the right thing for your health. Right. Um, and so, so we're not going to just be a, we're not just being a Debbie Downer here with veganism. Yeah. If you're watching this far, like, you know, we're, we're kind of bashing it a little bit, but we're, we're, we're really trying to, we're going to get to a solution. You know, and, and honestly though, if it wasn't for veganism, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I think like, like I was saying is veganism is on a mission or the, the culture and the beginning of it is to have more consciousness, you know, become more aware of your surroundings and start questioning, well, what am I really buying and can I trust this company? Um, and, you know, 
encouraging love, encouraging more compassion in our world. And I think that's something that we're really lacking. Because, yeah, I mean, it could very easily lead to, you know, somebody volunteering at the veterinarian shelter. Exactly. Or, or the animal shelter, sorry, but veterinarian offices. So it's not a bad, terrible thing. You right. Know? Um, it's a very political thing, too. And very, we talk about that. Yeah, very yeah. political. And, and um, a lot of propaganda goes into that. And so now, you know, transitioning out of veganism, I went ketogenic. I was um, dating somebody at the time, and we were both doing bodybuilding, and um, we were both vegan. And, and then, you know, he had switched to keto. And I was like, you know what? I want to try that. Let okay. me just. And do what is keto like for those who don't are not experts? So keto is a high fat diet, no carb, and moderate to high protein, depending on what kind of uh, lifestyle you have for fitness. You know, you can make adjustments. Um, I've never eaten like this before in the bodybuilding community. You you just don't eat fat. <laughs> you know, you eat very low fat, high carb, high protein. Um, but that's actually really conflicting on the digestive system because you need alkaline enzymes to digest carbs and then you need acidic enzymes to digest protein. So when you mix the two, you know, that's why you feel lethargic after you eat, you feel tired. Um, acid reflux can tend to happen, which is, you know, low acidicness in the stomach because you're having these two conflicting uh, macronutrients trying to be digested at once. And so um, eating a high-fat diet just was like super weird. It was just a weird concept. And I did not do it Tastes for good, though. Tastes good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but even then, I still did plant-based keto. I did not want to incorporate meat. I still had that that um, resistance towards eating meat. and A lot I, of soups and other things. Like yeah, I did a lot of vegetables, soups. Um, not too much cheese. Occasionally introduced that. But main, my main thing was eggs. Introduced eggs. And as soon as I introduced eggs, I felt tremendous transformation in my mind mm. much Why more do you think clarity that is? <laughs> yeah so I, I already know the answer i think yeah so you know veganism or you know just in general people really talk about cholesterol and i think mm -hmm. cholesterol has a bad rap mm. um but cholesterol go. is so essential for your hormones and you know your reproductive hormones your body um the transportation of nutrients it's just so important and okay, that, that's breaking the matrix. Just that what you just said is right. so opposite to what mainstream people talk about, MDs and things like that. Get off cholesterol. Not only get off cholesterol, but have cholesterol reduction in drugs or reducing right. drugs. So, you know, cholesterol is the big the boogeyman. And then, of course, vegans just jump right on board and they're like, see, we don't we already have no cholesterol because our vegan diet naturally leads to less cholesterol. Yeah. Um, and again, so what is cholesterol doing um, for you in the body? Explain that. So, you know, for women, we need we need to have healthy hormones. Our menstrual cycles make things very complicated in our bodies, um, much more complicated than men's. So our cycle, a lot of things are happening leading up to it and then after it. Um, so if you don't have enough cholesterol in your body, and, and I know that you can make cholesterol, in your own body but if we really think about our society nowadays the toxicity that we have in our environment the toxicity we're taking in from our water and our food a lot of us 99 percent of us are gonna be deficient in malnourishment malnourished in some sort of vitamin or mineral of course everything works together like a system so if you're deficient in one thing you're gonna be deficient in another so we could say that we're making cholesterol but are we making enough cholesterol 
Is it um, quality in our body? You know, and, and that's going to be subjective to the individual. Um, but it's when you mix cholesterol with sugar, you know, like eating a hamburger, um, that cholesterol is going to change in, in your body in the way that it's being stored or being um, used in the body. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I in some of the most recent documentaries I was sharing with you, you know, behind the scenes is that new movie, The Game Changers, and there's a lot of scientific studies on there that are not 100% accurate in the way that they're conducting these studies. And, you know, if we think about studies in general, they are funded by companies that are trying to push their own product. So it's very hard to conduct a, um, a study that is reliable and that's putting out good information because nobody's going to publish a study where it, it goes against what they're trying to to promote right Mm -hmm. so or or they get results and they just suppress these results yeah in favor of you know other things i know vaccine companies do that and a lot of people have been talking about that you know as well but vaccine companies they'll do studies and they'll show certain things but they'll just literally scrap whatever they don't like and and then only promote what they do like and so again you're you're referring to a vegan documentary Mm -hmm. though and so and again, we're, you know, it's, it, it, veganism is becoming so much more relevant that we're getting large corporations out of it once again. I mean, yeah. Beyond Meat is huge now and you're getting a lot of corporations that do just like any other corporation. They promote what works for them, what's going to yeah. sell more of their product. And um, I'm all capitalist, but crony capitalism is, you know, where you, again, you use law and warfare, mm. uh, lawfare, if you will political warfare to um, change laws and change things to have people only purchase your products. Right. So, yeah. Different. And, and, you know, and I'll even argue like ketogenic diet is, is not the way, you know, veganism is not the way they're all tools. They're all ways to get healthy away from the mainstream diet and, you know, taking out the processed grains and sugars and, you know, GMOs in our life. But even being on a keto diet for too long can be detrimental to your health. You know, you do need some sort of glucose eventually because if we look back at our ancestors, there were times where we were fasting. We did not have food all the time the way that we have now. Modern technology has made things so convenient for us that we can have anything we want at the finger of our tips or touch of our fingers. So, you know, we're getting things transported. We're eating things that are not indigenous to our you know, genetics or our ancestors, like avocados, you know, they do not grow all year round. They're only specific to a certain region. You know, same thing with goji berries and some of these superfoods, which I used to be all about superfoods, spirulina, wheatgrass, you know, I thought the more the better. So, you know, looking back, it's like everything in moderation. And it's all about listening to your body and tuning inward. And not having an ego attached to a diet label Mm -hmm. you know it's like i like to say you know the health and wellness industry is like high school now you know it's like oh i'm vegan or oh i'm keto and it's you associate yourself with this community right and you know it's like i'm this and this made me healthy and and that is wonderful but it's not a one-size-fits-all it's about health and and quality of food and stepping away from our broken food system and not supporting those agricultural systems. That's, you know, depleting our soil of nutrients. That's not treating the farmers right. Um, and they're just totally monopolizing the seeds. So, 
you know. Well, some... actually, I just want to bring that up real quick because I, I I like to ask everybody some of the same questions, and I ask people what 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 do they do to break the matrix, and you know what matrix are you breaking basically? Mm-hmm. And so you just brought up the agriculture industry, um, but other other things that you want to bring up as to what you're personally on a mission for or fighting against, would you say? Yeah. So really having people understand their bio-individuality through nutrition and healing themselves um, through their own self-awareness, you know, taking matters into your own hands because when you have that education and that awareness to know what direction to to take your health, um, you know, you're no longer putting your money towards corporations that are taking over, um, I would say, like being in control. Because when you control the food system, you can control so many other aspects of, of your of your life. So really understanding your body and um, reconnecting to our natural way of living with, with the land, with the animals. And there is a way to be sustainable and eat meat and have dairy in a sustainable way and not be detrimental to our environment. Well, then, but, you know, so then that's awesome. <laughs> um, and, and just going into that a little bit, which is your transition into being not just keto, you know, but mm-hmm. then you eventually became a carnivore. Now you're reading all these books and you're going through all these studies mm-hmm. just that, that, that are very um, relevant to, again, the way our ancestors were. Mm-hmm. It's not like this is new. And again, like, you know, um, go, go into that a little bit. Um, yeah, that transition for you. And yeah. Uh, So when I first heard of carnivore, I was like, oh my gosh, these people are so ridiculous. Like they're just trying to make a statement against veganism. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to be radical. I never thought I was going to go carnivore. Um, But I I started incorporating some meat and my mind was not ready. My body took it. My mind did not. And I think that your mind and body have to be in alignment for you to really kind of accept certain things because I spiritually was not able to I was not to take I wasn't able to take that in and um be okay with it because I still felt like I was taking a life that didn't want to be killed Mm -hmm. so it took me a while to spiritually be okay with that because once I saw the health benefits of it I said okay like I have to come to terms that in this physical body, like my body needs that to heal, to regenerate, um, especially from my toxic childhood. I, you know, I took in a lot. My immune system was totally crashed. My gut was crashed. So I had to do what was right. And I think that being healthy, being in alignment with your vessel is spiritual. You, you know what I mean? So I went, you know, more keto and I was still experiencing these rashes and these hives and it just got to the point where, you know, every time I would shave my legs, honestly, I'd get these horrible hives on my legs. Um, it was super uncomfortable, and it, it was just kind of taking over my life, in a, in a sense. Um, so I looked up the benefits of carnivore, and that's when I came to the understanding or the knowledge of oxalates and phytates. So oxalates are these crystallized, microscopic um like crystals are called raphides so Mm -hmm. they basically have these like daggers um and they're defense mechanisms for these plants you know plants want to survive just as much as we do and they've formed these defense mechanisms so that they can survive you know against insects and other animals um so a lot of the foods that we're eating are relatively new in a sense um because 
like I said, modern technology has made things so convenient. We're exposing our gut to so many things that it's not used to. So um, I started learning about this and, you know, these raphides attach to molecules in Mm -hmm. the body, to sodium and things like that. And when they collect, that's why people get kidney stones. And the doctor will tell you you're eating too much salt. Well, it's not that you're eating too much salt, but your body's not being able to process it because it's attaching to these raphides. Wow. So um, I've, I've, I was like, this is insane. So I cut out meat and I'm sorry, I cut out vegetables completely and it only had beef. Po- I had a little bit of pork. Um, I had goat, lamb and chicken and um, eggs. Yeah. I wasn't introducing fish at this time because of how toxic our ocean is. So, plus it's, it's just hard to source fish and have it, you know, be not so expensive. Right, that's true. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in one month, I would say, well, two weeks doing that, all my rashes went away. All of my rashes, all my hives. Um, I had some allergies here and there, no allergies had my first menstrual cycle on that diet and absolutely pain-free, no cramps, no uh, mood swings. I didn't have any breakouts. I I didn't even really have any cravings. You know, I know menstrual cycles is a big thing for women, especially in the bodybuilding community. Mm-hmm. You either have horrible menstrual cycles where you're, you're cramping, you're thrown up, or you don't have one at all, which is, I would say, even worse. <laughs> because you know then it means your body's just not operating normally exactly you're not even you, you you can't have children you know and a lot of um infertility is a huge thing in not just veganism but bodybuilding in general because women push their some their bodies so much that it totally messes up with their hormones and reproductive organs so went carnivore for a month and I slowly started introducing things back in and i I've never had a reaction from fruit, but I had an acai bowl, and I immediately started getting itchy all over my body. Wow. I was itchy. I was having bone and joint pain. Um, and again, these are these are things that do tend to occur when you get off of certain diets right. or, or things that you're used to. Sometimes, like, if you're off gluten, then you get on gluten. All of a sudden, you have a reaction where you never really did in the past. Right. You just got off gluten because you heard it was good for you. And so now you're eating, you eat gluten again, and you're having hives, you're breaking out. Um, yeah. And so again, your body does get used to, you know, whatever situation it's being put under. So, right. you know, you may you may not know it, but your body is suffering based on what you're eating or lack of supplementation, like we're going to talk about in a second. Um, but just all of that. And so once you introduce the body, reintroduce it to something that you've been eating forever or whatever. Right. Just like you said, you had an acai bowl. Like that's super lit and woke to have. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're having hives. Yeah. I, uh, I, I used to love acai bowls. I still do. But um, I definitely, I just don't eat them as often because I'm aware of how much I'm taking in. But, um, you know, it was something so benign. You know, you wouldn't have thought something like that would, would make you sick. But I like to refer to it as like, it's like alcohol. You know, if you drink alcohol after a certain amount of time, your tolerance builds up. So our bodies have had this tolerance or this adaptation to all the toxins we're taking in from the outside world that we're used to feeling a certain way. And because we're used to it, it becomes our normal. You know, so whether you're out there and you have bloating and gas or acne or you frequently get tired around 12 or 2 o'clock, you know, those things aren't really normal. 
or maybe you're having night sweats occasionally, um, you know, these things shouldn't be happening. Our, our body should be functioning at its optimal most days. Right. You know, so I didn't, I didn't think that that was going to happen. And, and other things had kind of made me realize how sensitive my body was, but also how sensitive other people's bodies could be, and they don't even know it. So um, I kept with the carnivore diet. I, of course, had some cheats. You know, I'm a chocoholic. I love <laughs> chocolate. So giving up cacao was really difficult. But things like cacao and nuts and seeds contain a lot of mold. Um, you know, a lot of the handling that goes into those bulk foods, mold is going to grow on top of that. And our bodies don't really eliminate that, especially if you're eating so frequently throughout the day. Um, your body's not getting a chance to detox itself. So um, I'm personally allergic to mold very much. So that, I noticed, had a huge effect on my skin. Um, and right around this time, I, was, I'm really, I got really into fasting. And fasting is a, is a whole other rabbit hole. But, you know, that's something that we don't practice nowadays because we're so used to the six meals a day, telling, people telling us that that's going to speed up our metabolism. And that's just not true. Fasting is such a healing and um, repairing tool for us to use um, for for, nu- for nutrition and getting healthy, but also for weight loss. And, you know, even certain bodybuilders now I'm following and they're using it for competition. And so it's really transforming this fitness industry and mm-hmm. the way that we view it and being more efficient. You know, it's like six meals a day does work. But is it the most optimal? Is it the most efficient way of doing something? Wow. So um, it being on the carnivore diet, I think I would, I'd say I'd be on, been on it for six months. I, I don't label myself as carnivore. I say animal-based, primarily animal-based. Um, but it's for sure healed my autoimmunity and the things that I've been really dealing with my entire life and trying mm-hmm. to heal. And and so, and just, you know, the last thing I'll t- say about the carnivore thing or ask about it, which is a lot of people are talking about how, you know, our bodies aren't designed to eat or process meat or all these, just what's going on there? Because a lot of people say that, and I'm sure people will even react to that um, as they hear you say like, oh, well, I'm just going to eat meat or primarily meat, those kinds of things. Right. Are our bodies accustomed for meat? Yeah, so that's one of the things that I, um, the biggest arguments I looked into. And meat is, a meat protein has, you know, the essential amino acids. And you can't get that out in nature. You can't get fat-soluble vitamins out in nature. We can eat hemp seeds and nuts and avocados. But most of those, um, they're going to be seasonal, especially like the avocados. Um, and they're going to contain anti-nutrients. So meat has all of the bio avail- available, bioavailable, bioavailable. Yeah. There we go, bioavailable nutrients for us to absorb without the anti nutrients, um, and we're actually absorbing the protein. It is in its perfectly molecular structure to our protein. So it's it's like a superfood. Honestly, people don't talk about meat as a superfood. <laughs> Eggs are superfoods. Raw cheese is superfood. And so, you know, a lot of these studies are being conducted and saying that meat's inflammatory and cheese inflammatory. And I will agree that um, if you're buying it from mainstream food industry, it's going to be inflammatory. But it's going to be just as inflammatory as buying 
fresh produce, vegetables that have glyphosate, that have herbicides and pesticides, um, nut butters that contain mold, you know. Um, so it's, it really comes down to sourcing quality of food and supporting local farmers that are doing regenerative agriculture who care about the environment, who care about the animals, and are sequestering more carbon into the Right, just into promoting more good people instead of, you know, just saying that all oh, one thing is so bad. Right, yeah. So wow. meat can be so good for you. Um, it's going to be subjective and anecdotal. Everybody's going to be different. Mm -hmm. This isn't the way, but um, for longevity and health purposes, definitely meat and eggs and having fat-soluble vitamins in your diet is going to be important for yeah. healthy cellular function. Well, again, I mean, we could talk all day just about that as well. And I wanted to throw in just the supplementation aspect of it. Totally. And then your your perspective on it. Because um, so as you all know, I'll put a link in the bio for this. Um, this is something that I take every single day. It's a part of the 90 essential nutrients regimen mm -hmm. um, that's recommended by Dr. Wallach, who is a doctor that we both equally follow. She has a lot of other influences in her life as well. Yeah. But um, this right here, Tangy Tangerine, is... 87 of the essential known uh, minerals and vitamins that you need and amino acids mm -hmm. and so it's almost like a you could call it a multivitamin but it's really a multi-mineral vitamin complex because um, it's got amino acids in it as well and so it's nothing but good for you um it's i take it every single day it's what i drink in here yeah. um i do a little blender cup version of it and so you know um, talk about your your experience with with this supplement in particular and just how, what you think about the 90 essential nutrients and how important they are. Yeah, honestly, Dr. Wallach, who's a phenomenal naturopathic doctor, very has been a big influence in my life and very informative on, for me, breaking the matrix. He's what really um, catapulted my career and, and, and my passion and drive for what I do hmm. um, because he's out there every single day, you know, giving lectures on the tangy tangerine and nutrients, um, and just the agriculture system in general is just lacking. You know, you can buy organic, but organic doesn't mean that it's going to be more nutrient dense. It just had different farming practices that was cleaner and more um, sustainable for the environment. But there's still herbicides and pesticides. So t supplementing is something that is really important, f especially if you're dealing with a chronic illness. Um, food alone is not going to heal you. So supplementing was something that's going to be um bioavailable and absorbable in the body is going to be important for for healing and repairing um and eliminating toxins so that was one of the first multivitamins i've ever had honestly except for those flintstone gummy bears which i don't count <laughs> yeah. um and you know he's just been such a great influence and i think what he's doing is really what I like to call is making people woke. <laughs> right, or breaking the matrix. Is breaking what I the call matrix, it. yeah. Um, it's funny because, and and he was talking about eggs and steak and cholesterol and, I mean, just all those things back yeah. in the you know, 70s, 80s, in these famous talks. Um, and so, you know, it's funny because initially when she was a vegan and stuff, she got on, she still got on board with the supplements. She still knew how the value of them. But mm -hmm. it, uh, really, initially, she had um, a dispute just with, 
Wallach's philosophy of eggs and cholesterol and all this stuff because she yeah. was a vegan. Uh, and it's, it was funny because she has come full circle to realize that at the end of the day, again, we're not making Dr. Wallach God by any <laughs> means, but he was he was right the whole time. He's yeah. been right. He's been proven right for all the stuff that he says. And so, again, what a maverick or what a matrix breaker. You know, one day I'll have him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so just go into that a little bit. So, you know, bacon and eggs, I'm like, what? what is this guy promoting? Like, this is absolute false you know i was so against it and my ego definitely came up at the time but you know it's all about what's gonna feel good for you and and cholesterol we went over cholesterol um protein you know things like that those are gonna be what's really gonna nourish our bodies um and i've had friends um and co-workers you know who do veganism and that is their truth that is what healed them you know but like, like we said about the six meals a day, if you're eating six meals and it works, but is it the most optimal? Is it most efficient? Is it going to work long term? Is it going to work long term? So, you know, it's, if you're not, if you're, if you're vegan, if you're carnivore, paleo, whatever, I think the foundation is always getting your 90 essential nutrients, no matter what diet you're on. Yeah. So sure. being vegan, if you want to stay vegan, basically is, um, you do still need to consider, you know vegetarian or i'm sorry um cholesterol yeah like you said vegan or whatever which is eggs um vegan Um, (laughs) and so just that mindset of knowing you need eggs at some point or cholesterol Mm -hmm. you you can you can incorporate eggs um, but also the 90 essential nutrients you know incorporate that and you're better off basically at the very least yeah so definitely um but my battery is running out on my camera and we've been going for a long time so I mean, if you want to add anything or conclude with anything, I mean, obviously, you know, Shayla's a health coach. You can reach out to her. I'm going to tag her on Instagram. You know, you you can ask her more questions. I guarantee you that there's going to be people out here that have been through similar things as her um, or are still going through something like that or, you know, maybe want to change that diet that they're going on right now or just in general need health questions answered. Yeah. You can reach out to her. So, I mean, anything you want to add to that real quick? Yeah. So I specifically work with, you know, fitness enthusiasts who are struggling with restrictive eating and diet mindsets and inflammation in the body. Um, understand their fundamental nutritional needs based on their genetics. So, you know, like I said, I've been there, I've been fit, but I was not healthy. And so at the end of the day, if you don't have your health, you don't have really much to live for, you know, and aesthetics will take you, will help you reach some goals, but eventually it just won't be enough. You want to feel good and feel confident in your body. And so if you're currently struggling with inflammation, I'd love to connect and, um, yeah, just help everybody on their journey because I definitely know how mu- how much it took of me to get to where I am. So it's definitely important in having an understanding of your body. Yeah, yeah and clearly me and her can talk for hours. Yeah. We have had really long-form conversations, so she will be back on the podcast um, yeah. to discuss other things, but we thought it would be pretty fun and controversial to talk about veganism and carnivorism. Carnivorism, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's right, but... Um, thank you for tuning in for those who did uh, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of it. Just share this with somebody that you think really needs to hear all about it. And like I said, I support myself. So go in and check out some of the products at the store and, you know, just support people that you believe in and that you are, you know, that you can trust. And so reach out to me personally as well. If you have questions about the 90 essential nutrients, I'm definitely here for you. Um, other than that, you know, um, you guys have a great rest of your day and appreciate you listening. Thanks, guys. Until next time. Peace.